Father, we don't have the words, enough words to say thank you. To say thank you. To say thank you. I don't have the words. I don't have the vocabulary, Lord. That's what I sing. That's what I shout. For no one knows like I know what you've done for me. Like the way I do. No one knows what you've done for me. Like the way I do. No one knows like I know. Open your mouth. If nobody knows like you know what the Lord has done for you, open your mouth. Open your mouth. That's why you sing. That's why you shout. That's why you dance. Open your mouth and bless the Lord. Bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be in my mouth. In Jesus' name. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. First John five twenty. First John five twenty. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. That we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in his son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. What Jesus did. Was to give us an understanding. An appreciation of that invisible God. What Jesus did was what couldn't be seen, touched, appropriated in the divine. That which was an eternal mystery, which cannot be found or searched out. That was what Jesus brought to us. So he gave us understanding that we may know him that is true. I don't know why people worship other gods. I don't know why people say they belong to other religions. They are joking. God is a mystery. You can't find him out. You can't know him. You can't see him. So God decided to reveal himself in a person. That is what Jesus did. He came to give us understanding that we may know him that is true. And for us who believe, he said, and we are in him that is true. You see the point? We are already in him because... What happened was, he made his life our life when he made our life his life. So he didn't just teach us, look at him, look at God. No, he gave us the ability and the capability of the divine appreciation. So now we are in him that is true. Even his son Jesus Christ. And this is the true God and the eternal life. I don't know if this could be clearer than this. That's it. Now, when you live in Christ, you abide in God himself. And you are privileged to participate in the divine. That is the meaning of the word communion. 
you share in, you are a joint partner, you are a comrade. You are in the community of God. That's another word for communion. You are in the community of God. You are in the realm of God. You are in the house of God. You are living in God. And you are living the very life of God as God would have lived it. Honey, this is a mystery. We don't expect everybody to understand. We don't expect the unbeliever to understand. But that is the truth. Now, this is what Jesus did. But there's something more to show you. In the revelation of the Godhead, in the manifestation of the Godhead, which was a revelation of the full glory of God. Because when we talk about glory, we are talking about the real thing and all of it. So we are talking about God in his entirety. And in essence. And so we are talking about the community of God. We are not just talking about God's personhood. Though that is number one. We are also talking about not just his nature and attributes. We are talking about his eternal purpose. His work. And the relationship and manifestations and behaviors if I can use the word in the divine what that means is that the way God will respond the way God will act the way God will see something the way God deals with the son the way the son sees the father the relationship between the father and the son and the interactions in the Godhead. How things are done in the divine. That community is the Holy Ghost. Because just as Jesus is the express image of the person of God. The Holy Spirit now becomes the final revelation. And the final manifestation of all that the Godhead is. Now the Holy Spirit... It's so important that when the Bible was talking about the Lord, he said, now the Lord that I'm talking about here is the spirit. And then he said that we all with unveiled face, looking us in the mirror of the glory of the Lord, are changing to that same image from glory to glory, even us by the spirit of the Lord. Now the phrase, even us by the spirit of the Lord, actually means, and this also comes from the spirit who is Lord. Then he began to establish the lordship of the holy spirit and he said where the spirit of the lord is he called him the spirit of the lord remember he comes by many names he is called the spirit of truth the spirit of life the spirit of wisdom the spirit of revelation depending on what god wants to say at a time depending on the purpose of god per time so you see the holy spirit is actually the purpose of god he is the carrier of the intents and the deep things of god so if god wants to reveal truth he's called the spirit of truth if he wants to reveal faith he's called the spirit of faith whatever god wants to do he's called by that by here he's called the spirit of the lord and he said where the spirit of the lord is there's liberty he's saying that there is a lordship about the holy spirit actually he is the lord he is the finality 
of God. Because you see, Lordship talks about deity. When we say the word for God is the word Lord. What it means is that he has mastery and dominion over everything. So he's saying here that the spirit is Lord. He's, what he's trying to say is that the finality of the Lordship and dominion of God is actually expressed in the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the final revelation of the Godhead. He's the final manifestation of the Godhead. And he's saying that the Lord is that spirit. The Holy Spirit is Lord. The Holy Spirit is Lord. Whether people admit it or not, he's Lord. The Holy Spirit is Lord, whether people know it or not. But you see, what happens is that when the Spirit is Lord, when people acknowledge the Lordship of the Holy Spirit, when people allow the Holy Spirit to be the one in charge, then there's liberty. What the liberty then means is there's a removal of inhibitions. For example, if I allow the Holy Spirit to be Lord over my life, there's liberty. The inhibitions of the flesh, the limitations of mortality, the limitation imposed by the homo sapien. I'm talking about the regular human being who has just ordinary animal life. All the limitations of humanity is removed when the spirit is Lord because in that sense, he takes over everything. That is what was expressed in that scripture when he said, though your body is dead, the spirit is life because of righteousness. He's saying that when you have Christ in you, your body is mortal. The word used there is the word for corpse. He said your body is already a corpse. But he doesn't even care. Because the body is no longer your life. When you are born again, you are not born of the flesh, nor of the will of man. You are born of the spirit. So your body doesn't carry you anymore. In the physical, in the natural, it may look like it's your body that carries you. What you're able to do is dependent on your brain cells. What you're able to do is dependent on your physical energy. What you're able to accomplish is dependent on how much of your intellect is at work. But one who is born of the Holy Ghost, he has the DNA of God. He has the essence of God. He has the nature of God. He has the power of God. God gave him the Holy Spirit to be his life. So he said, though your body be dead, the spirit is your life. Because God gave you righteousness. God gave you his nature. So he said, I might as well give you my life. So what it means is that the life of a believer is the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is in the community of God. That is why the word communion is so essential. Every time we are in communion, we are sharing the same life. So Stephanie, you and God, you are sharing the same life. George, you and God, you are sharing the same life. That's what happens. That's what happens. Hallelujah. Now, what this means is that you are given access into all that is divine. You are given access. You are given privilege to come up to the throne room. Where only God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit commune. No human being is allowed in there. But you are allowed to go the length and breadth and height and depth of divinity. You are allowed to explore the whole of divinity. As a matter of fact, that is what it means when we talk about glory. All the attributes of God. All the 
essential natures of God. All that God is capable of doing. All that God has up his sleeves. All that God has hidden. Oh. The Bible says we have received not the spirit of the world. But the spirit which is of God. That we may know the things that are freely given as of God. With things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but in words which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing the spiritual with the spiritual. The Holy Spirit searcheth all things, yeah, the deep things of God, not for himself, to reveal them to you, to give them to you. Because the riches in God were willed to Jesus Christ, and Jesus gave it to us by right. The Bible says we are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. So everything in God that Jesus inherited, he has given to us. And the Holy Spirit must allow you to appropriate. In fact, the Holy Spirit will empower you, giving you the divine capability to explore everything that is in God. Because they are yours. God's original intention was not temple. His intention was to dwell in man. But the first Adam was not the man God had in mind. The Bible says the first Adam was just a figure of the one to come. So the man God had in mind was Jesus and his brethren. So that temple, old temple had to be pulled down. Which was the Adamic body. When Jesus died, he pulled down that temple. And when he rose up, he read up a new temple called the church. Which is his body and he's just the head. So this temple is the one that God dwells in. That's why when Jesus came, the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in him. Because God knew that one day, all the glory of eternities will dwell in man, in you. Now, if you understand this. You will never pray, God, leave me alone because he will never, he won't leave you alone. In Kumasi, I was explaining to people, I was teaching a qualification of a bishop. And the standards were so high. And I said, I know some of you are here saying me, that's why I don't want to be a pastor. I know that I can't do the thing. I don't want to be a hypocrite. That's why I say I won't be a pastor. That's why me, I say I won't be a pastor. Those who want to be pastors should be pastor. And I said to them, well, the Bible says apostles, prophets, pastors, will train, equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So every believer will do the work of the ministry. So there is no escape route. Whether you are a pastor or not, once you are a believer, you do the work of the ministry. So if you have been praying, God, leave me alone, you better change the prayer. Because God is not going to leave you alone. Now, God loves you with such a passion. God breathes and eats love. That is his essence. So his purpose that he purposed in Christ, he purposed out of his love. So the mystery of Christ is all about the mystery of God's love. That's how Jesus could become a man. Reducing a divine to humanity is like reducing you, a human being, to a good. So you can imagine. But love drew Jesus Christ. He became a man. Died a criminal's death. Died naked. Despised. They spat at his face, went to hell, these smelly demons. So you see, there is a length and breadth 
and height and depth of the love of God, which you haven't explored yet. And God said the day the church will apprehend that, then we'll be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, some of you know God loves you, but you don't know the extent to which God loves you. You see, what is important, but how is more important than what? Because how always changes the what? If I said this lady is rich, then we want to ask how rich is she? As soon as we decide on the how, you will even determine whether she's truly rich or not. You get that? If I said she's very rich, you say how much does she? So she has one billion Ghana cities. Then somebody say, Oh. Are you getting it? Because maybe he's thinking about one billion dollars. So how alters the what? And many of us are just scratching the surface of the love of God. We have never asked how does he love us. I'm talking about the extent. Many of us know the power of God exerted in Christ. We have never interrogated how. And the Bible says that God will open our eyes to know the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power. In accordance, in proportion, relating to. His mighty power, which he wrought in Christ or exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Far above principality and power. And people look out for the how because it changes the what. But even deeper than that is a why. Why is the original intent? Why is the reason for all things? Why alters everything? You can even do a good thing. If the motive is wrong, everything is wrong. Why is most important? Because why deals with the priority of purpose. And many of us don't even understand what God is about. You don't know what God is doing with your life. You don't know what God is about. And so it's difficult for you to figure out where you are in a program. But in the community of God, there is the disclosing of God's eternal purpose. And see that this the key about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that member of the Godhead that becomes the community, the realm in which the divine activities take place. Let me explain it. During the incarnation, it was the Holy Spirit that took the word and put it into the Father. And it was the Holy Spirit that birthed the Son. Anyway, in the eternal past, though God essentially doesn't need a medium to live in and doesn't need a place to live in because he's self-existing one. And he doesn't need somebody else's life because he is the generator of life and the giver of life and the source of life. And yet, for the eternal purpose to be fulfilled, a community was created in the Godhead. And guess who that was? It was the Holy Ghost. So the communion was happening in the Holy Ghost. So what the Father purpose was in the Holy Ghost. What the Son was doing was in the Holy Ghost. And the distribution, that's another word for communion. Communion, one of the meanings is distribution. But the distribution of whatever the father is thinking and whatever the son has done, the distribution, the sharing happens by the Holy Ghost. So, 
The Holy Spirit's speciality is phenerosis, demonstration, exhibition, manifestation, display, revelation. He said, this is it. The last manifestation of God and the last revelation of God happens in the Holy Spirit. And this is what happens. You know how people look for grace. And some look for faith. And some look for strength. And some look for peace. And some look for joy. And they say, I'm already in Christ. But why is my joy not full? Why is my peace not complete? It is because there's something called a priority of purpose. The most important thing is purpose. So the most important thing about God is his purpose. God's power doesn't interfere with his purpose at all. That's why when they slap Jesus, he says, you are the son of God, shake yourself, you say. It is purpose. Purpose is so important that where the purpose of God is, I mean the mind of God is, the will of God is, that is where the son is going and that is where the Holy Spirit is going. Now, if you find the purpose of God, you sure will find the Holy Spirit there. By the way, what the Holy Spirit does, you see, the will of God is so big, you can be lost in there. But what the Holy Spirit does is to narrow down the will of God into the specific will of God called the prophetic. Where your spirit man is able to Respond directly to the heartbeat of the Holy Spirit. Where what the Holy Spirit is saying, that's what you are saying. Prophecy is simply speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Supernatural utterance. You are saying what God is saying. Word of knowledge is you are thinking what God is thinking. Word of wisdom is at that moment you have the wisdom of God for that situation. So whatever the Holy Spirit has, which is the nature of God, which is the glory of God. He gives it to the believer in what we call the prophetic. And it's not anything scary. It's just the same Holy Spirit coming upon a man. The prophetic is simply the move of the spirit of the manifestation of the spirit in a believer. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it gives you the ability, the enablement, the inspiration, the strength, even the willingness to do exactly what God is doing. So let's narrow it down. So what the Holy Spirit does is that this general big will of God. Can you imagine? The one who created the galaxies, the stars. This man who is so big. Bigger than the universe. All these things were in him. Where do you fit in his plan? It will be like finding a needle in a haystack. You can be lost. But God is so detailed. So specific. That every one of us must be in God's purpose. The way he does that is by allowing the Holy Spirit to take over your life. And so what the Holy Spirit does is. He narrows down the purpose of God into the specific will of God. And when you find it, all energies flow into that direction. Grace is where the will of God is. Because that's the purpose of God. That's where God is going. In fact, that's where God is going. That's where the Father is going. That's where the Son is going. That's where the Holy Spirit is. Energy is going there. Grace is there. You're looking for favor? There's too much of it already in God's will for you. 
If you find what God is doing, you find the energy to do it. If you find what God is saying, there is a supernatural resource. There is a provision already made for every one of you. Some of you think, you are thinking about yourself. You are thinking about your children. And God sits up there, he's looking at you. Oh, so this guy thinks that he has enough common sense and so much love to think about his children. And I don't care about them. And sometimes we even come in the way of God with anxiety and worry. That is why one of the things to learn quickly if you're going to walk with the Holy Spirit is to enter into the rest of the Lord. You must see, the Holy Spirit starts from the finished work of Christ. In fact, the Holy Spirit is the finished work of Christ. The Holy Spirit was never given until Christ was glorified. Because God wants the Holy Spirit to be the Spirit of glory. By the time the Holy Spirit arrives, everything is finished. Everything is finished. So you must learn how to rest. Sit in the upper room, just be there and wait. The day the Holy Ghost came, they were sitting, you know, they were sitting. But also, and he fell upon the room where they were all sitting. I'm sure they had waited and waited and prayed and prayed and prayed and now they were tired. He said, now that you are tired, let me take over. I want you to rest in my finished work. Hallelujah. Now, let me show you how to live the divine life. It's not you doing your thing and God doing his thing. It is a joint participation. The word is communion. You are doing it together. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. It's not by might, it's not by power, but my spirit, said the Lord. That statement is a statement of faith. Because it says, it's not by might. It's not by power, but by my spirit. So it's a statement of faith. It's a statement of grace because it says, it's not by might. It's not by power. So it is grace. It's a statement of being led by the Holy Spirit. Because it says, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. It's a statement... <laughs> That shows what will be approved. God won't take what you do of the flesh or through the flesh. For in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For by strength shall no man prevail. The flesh profited nothing. It's the spirit that quickeneth. So it's not by power, but by my spirit, said the Lord of hosts. Means that God will only approve that which is done by the spirit. It's a statement that shows that you must live in the spirit. It's a statement that shows that you must be moved by the spirit. It's a statement that shows that you must be filled by the Holy Spirit. It's a statement that shows that all things can be done by the spirit. Hallelujah. The disconnect between faith and grace. Am I the one to do it? Am I the one to initiate it? Or God should initiate it? Has been an age-long confusion in the life of believers. When it comes to resting in the Lord, trusting in God, walking in grace, and walking in faith. Is it God's sovereignty? Or is man's free will? It's the same thing. People are not sure how they could be doing something, but it is the Lord that is doing it. And how the Lord could use them without they taking over. 
But let me show you how it happens. You see your body. Do you know why everything is functioning properly? It's because the head is in place. If you give the first place to the Lord, no matter how skillful you have become, no matter how you have proven it, no matter how great you've become, this thing is not about us. That's the main reason why he even put all this glory in earthen vessel in the first place. That's the reason why God gave you this body. God intentionally gave us this body. Even before the fall, it was still made of dust. In fact, the word human and the word humus and the word humility are all from the same root word. It's called the body of our lowliness. God intentionally put all this glory in this body. To make a statement. Because in the glory of God, humility is also there. So he packaged power in weak vessels. But this is what you need to learn. You need to learn that this thing is not about us. Do you know how we miss the spirit? When we begin to focus on ourselves. You know the Bible says that if Christ be in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. And I said it means that your life is no longer dependent on your body. It's the spirit. Because your body is dead. Then the next verse it says, but if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ from the dead will come and give life to your mortal body. So I'm like, ah, you said the body is dead. Now the spirit is our life. I thought the body is not necessary. Why are you coming back to raise it? Or why not rather raise the body first so that we can just use it? The reason why he ignored the body in the first verse is because he doesn't want your life to be in the body in the first place. He doesn't want your confidence to be in the body. He wants the spirit to be your life. When the spirit becomes your life, then the spirit takes over and then automatically quickens your mortal body. What it means is that when you start looking at your body, oh, I feel this, there's pain here, my waist. As long as you keep focusing on yourself, the weakness of the body, the death that is in the body will show. But when you focus on the spirit, the spirit takes over and give life to the body. So this is the secret. You give the first place to the Holy Spirit you need to know that it's not about us and when you focus on him and when you focus on him and you make him number one you give him the first place then he narrows the purpose of God for you into the specific will of God and there you find grace there you find strength there you find your place. Your place is in this wheel. That's where you shine, honey. That's where the business booms. That's where the marriage shines. That's where your gift come alive. That's where there is so much grace. Because everything in God is moving towards one direction. The purpose of God.
everything in God is moving towards one direction. The purpose of God. Everything in God is moving towards one direction. Hyphen, the purpose of God. Say that with me. Everything in God is moving towards one direction, which is what? All the energies of God. Why do you think God gave all these gifts to people? Bible says, according to his will. The will of God was how God shared the grace. Oh. Let's say somebody is very great in the world. What do you do to such person? Let's say you meet somebody, so this, this is so and so, and they mention the name of a great person. What do you do to a very honorable person? You respect him. You honor him, right? That's what people don't know. That's the basic problem. You see, let me say this to you. The Bible says, as God has eternal life in himself, so he has allowed the son to have eternal life in himself, so that men will honor the son as they honor the father. The same way the son has eternal life in himself, the Holy Spirit has eternal life in himself, so that men will honor the Holy Spirit just as they honor Jesus. That's why the Bible says the Lord is that spirit. He said when you turn to the Lord, the veil is removed. And he said the Lord I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit too. The Holy Spirit is the Lord. Let me say something to you right now. Actually in the Godhead, the person they are referring to as Lord now is the Holy Spirit. What it means is that they want you to give the same reverence they give to the Holy Spirit. And that's what people don't know. The first thing to do with the Holy Spirit is reverence. And the way you show reverence, the deepest form of reverence is worship. That is why when we worship, that's why the Holy Spirit moves. Hello. Now, do you know that your posture in itself, do you know that your posture in itself shows how much respect you have for somebody, right? Like you're talking to somebody and you put your hands behind, right? Hello? You are talking to somebody and you put your hands behind. It means what? You are showing respect, right? Sometimes you see the president talking to his ministers and then you see somebody put his hand in at the back. Or somebody puts his hand at the back to show that what? It's a sign of respect, right? By the way, let me say this here before I continue. You see, this kind of service are called divine services. They are not a regular time-bound service. In fact, it's a service that you leave and the Holy Ghost just does whatever he wants to do. So you see, when you're coming for five nights of glory, throw your watch away and tell everybody in the house that if I come fine, if I don't come, I'm in watered garden. You didn't hear me. Let me explain to you. There is something we have to do and when God shows up, you won't pray for the sick. You know why we are praying for the sick? When the glory of God came into the temple, the ministers couldn't minister. But we like the show. We want everybody to know that we are the most powerful prophets. We see Dito Dito. And then people are cheering on us all. We don't want God to come into the temple and fill the temple with his glory and solve everybody's case. So we don't want to put God up there, worship him until his glory falls. 
So, there is posture, if you don't know. In the Bible, in the New Testament, there are postures. You know, when I'm introduced and I'm coming, all of you usually stand, right? It's a posture of respect, right? So, standing is also a posture. But the posture of worship that the New Testament recommends is lifting up holy hands. When you get to a realm in the spirit, kneeling is automatic. When you are getting closer to the throne, you will prostrate. But worship in itself is the highest form of reverence. And because these things are spiritual and they are done from the heart, it is not subject to any manipulation. Because you are standing and you are still worshipping. At least that's what the devil can do. He can't take that one from you because it's happening in the inside. And we revere God from our heart. And God gave us worship as the way of showing reverence to God. Do you know the greatest enemy to glory? Distraction. That has been the devil's old trick. Because spiritual things are intense and you need to focus. If you see me go, honey, you must catch it. And so when the thing is falling and you're about to catch, that's when the devil will be distracting you. And the greatest enemy of worship, obviously, is distraction. Oh, speak in tongues. Just speak in tongues. But the cure for distraction is to make the Holy Spirit number one. Stretch your hand as if you are receiving something. Forget about the sickness. Forget about the marriage problem. You are feeling dizzy. Forget about it. Knee problem. Forget about it. Forget about the challenge. Forget about the challenge. Because in the community of God, there is nothing like a challenge. During worship, we bring everything back to its level. And we keep God at his level that's what happens in worship the focus is God all the troubles they find their level I see the cloud coming I see the cloud coming I see the cloud coming 
I see the cloud coming. I see the cloud coming. I see the cloud coming. Pick it up. You are here. Pick it up. And you said you never leave. We need you, Lord. Sing it, sing it. Let's go. We need you, Lord. You are here, and you said you never leave. We need you, Lord. Sing it. We need you, Lord. You are here, and you said you never leave. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. And you said you never leave. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Oh, we need you, Lord. Sing it. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Sing, Said you never, and then you said you never leave. We need your Lord. We need your Lord. We need your Lord. Hey, yeah, yeah, you are here. You are here, and you said you never, and you said you never leave. And your promises remain And your promise We trust you Lord
Yeah. Joy, that's who he is. He just wants you to partake. You are a partaker of the divine nature, a participator, a joint partaker of the divine nature. So he said, everything in me, just eat it, take it, take it. According as his divine power has given unto us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that has called us. Into divine virtue. And glory. We trust you Lord. Lift up your hands. Anointing is here. Is the reason why you're the treasure of my heart and of my soul in my weakness you are merciful Demer of my past and present wounds you're the holder of my future days to come Treasure of my life, treasure of my heart and of my soul. In my weakness, you are. In my weakness, you are merciful. Redeemer of my past and present. Your presence, your prayer is heaven. Yeah. 
Sing to him. Oh God, oh God, oh God. At the center of it, it is you that I see. It's you that I see. Because there is power, but only in your name.
corazón Yeah. Uh-huh. 